Monday matinees begin right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult. starts again. The whip of his belt. The deep calm of his voice. I always hear that calm whenever I think about him. That's what scares me the most. The goodness in his voice. A pleasant voice. A voice that made me feel safe. Even when he hit me. We've been here before, Jenna. I fucked this up. I let myself stay with him for eight years. No, you didn't. You loved him. I was a fucking fool. You can't blame yourself. You're angry. Yes, I'm fucking angry. He's not here anymore. You filed the restraining order. He can't hurt you. You're safe. And we're going to talk our way through this. But doctor, I snap so easily now. Just the other day, I was on the subway, and there was this Bible thumper who got on. It was early morning, and I was heading into work. And I'd already spent 30 minutes at home getting through boxes of Kleenex, just thinking of him. Thinking of all that he did. Thinking about how I tried to love him. Thinking about how weak I was. So I'm on the subway and this raggedy man comes up. The Lord saves! He's almost a living doll that some girl picked out of a closet. And I'm just trying to have this peaceful time to myself so that I can just keep my shit together for work. And as I'm trying to find some calm, some peace that I can push into an eight-hour shift... This man, this loud and disheveled man, starts bellowing all this bullshit about how... All you have to do is let him into your heart. The Lord saves. Well, the Lord doesn't fucking save anyone, Doctor. He lets people die. He lets people suffer. He didn't save me. He didn't save Antoine. I know this. You know this. And it's why I can't believe in a god. But this man, this raggedy, abusive, loud doll of a man is screaming at the top of his lungs. The Lord saves! Take the Lord into your mind. Why couldn't you just ignore him? Because he's full of shit! There are wars and police shootings and Uber cars that don't show up when you need them. Calamities, large and small. The Lord doesn't save anyone. And we're supposed to feel jubilant and grateful and compassionate about all this? It's all bullshit. He had the right to speak his mind. Maybe he was trying to work through something. And I had the right to my peace. I had the right to my moment. And I wasn't the only one. Doctor, you should have seen all those early morning commuters. They're pained, tired faces. Nobody's saying anything. But you could see they all wanted this guy to stop. 
you could see them summoning the hope that he would just stop and shut the fuck up. Could you get off at the next stop? That's what they were thinking. Written on all their faces. But he kept going on. You were angry. I was angry. And I couldn't deal with it anymore. So I take out this volume of Elizabeth Hardwick from my purse. And I start reading one of her essays on Henry James. Out loud. I want him to hear it. I start reading it at the top of my lungs. I don't do this, doctor. I'm a quiet person. Not so much as a traffic ticket on my record. I'm a quiet person. And maybe that's been the problem. I've spent all these years being so fucking quiet. Letting these men win. Nobody wins, Emma. That's not how life works. Well, I won. For a brief moment, I was on the train and I was out shouting him. For once, I was standing up to someone in my life. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Fight back with every bit of emotional energy we have. Leave these people exhausted. Show the religious freaks that what they believe in is bullshit. That their foolish ideology isn't the center of the universe. What happened? I start looking around and I'm thinking, Hey, at long last, I've stood up to the lunatic. I mean, I'm shouting at the top of my lungs, doctor. I'm reading one of the greatest literary critics of the 20th century. As if I'm a Southern Baptist delivering a sermon. But now people are moving away from both of us. The passengers don't hear my words. Suddenly they're afraid. Very afraid. And they all start moving away from me. And I stop. And I sit down. People are giving me looks. And the man is going on about... The Lord saves! The Lord saves! Isn't that rich? And I, I look to my left and I look to my right and I see the light blue cushions of the seats and the seats are empty. Nobody wants to sit next to me. And then I realize that he's not the lunatic anymore. I'm the bigger lunatic. I'm the one that people are afraid of. Jenna, our time is up. But I want you to practice the meditation exercises that we talked about. Meditation? We're doing great work here, and you've already made substantial progress. But if we want to get at the source of this anger and this grief, then we're going to need to get you to a calmer place. I'll see you next week. Thank you, Doctor. And Jenna? Yes? Be good to yourself, okay? I will, Doctor. Another day of back-to-back -back appointments. The meditation never works. Emma, you all right? I'm fine, Jack. I just need something to eat. It's a wonder we find the time. Patience all day, five-minute breaks in between, if we're lucky. I've got a stash of Luna bars under my desk. Comes with the territory, Jack. I mean, I'm sitting there listening to my last client of the day. This man going on and on about how he hates his family. And you know what I'm thinking, Emma? What? You know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking about this espresso. I'm thinking about how it's going to carry me through the night. That's what's getting me through the session. That's what keeps me going through the day. I mean, the client, he's got PTSD, a touch of borderline. I know who he is. We discussed his case history at the last meeting. Sure. 
But you know what? I don't fucking care. I can't care. Not too much. It's like we're running a restaurant. Instead of asking them if the meal is okay and offering them the dessert menu, we tell them it's okay. We're wearing the mask of the listener. I can smile and nod. I can tell this client that's going to be okay. I have no problem with any of this. But Christ, this guy's got to solve his own fucking problems, you know? For once in his life. But don't you feel anything? Don't you feel drained at the end of the day? All that pain we have to listen to. You're talking about compassion fatigue. Yes. How long you been at the Institute, Emma? Two? Three years? Four years. Time sure flies when you're drinking complimentary espressos. I get it, Emma. You see, I used to think, or more accurately, feel like you. And then I had a senior psychiatrist knock on my office door during my first month when I would just close the door and curl into a ball on the couch because I just couldn't deal with all that pain. And this senior psychiatrist said... Oh, Diana? No, someone who isn't here anymore. Someone I don't want to name. Anyway, she said to me, Feeling a bit too much, Jack? And I said, yeah. And she said, in five years you'll be depressed in therapy or have a substance abuse or drinking problem. I'm familiar with the risks of our profession. Are you telling me that's my future? Don't get me wrong, Emma. You're a great psychiatrist, but you've got to tone down the input. We all have to live... I can handle myself just fine. You think I haven't noticed how drained you are when you leave at the end of a night? Jack, thank you for your concern. Thank you for your concern. That's a funny thing to say. Almost as absurd as thoughts and prayers in the face of tragedy. No one has died. Not yet, anyway. Jack, I'm fine. Really. I've got to go. You got a big date lined up or something? Just seeing a friend. This is a marvelous dinner. I can't even tell you. I mean, after my day. Tell me what? Well, this is our third date. I really like you. And, you know, it's been a while. How long? A few months. How many months? A few months since I've dated anyone on a regular basis. A smart, beautiful woman like you. Get out of town. I'm difficult. So am I. But this is easy. Intense, but easy. This is a real treat. This is fun. You've been good to me. I, I don't know what to say. Your texts, your cooking. Just take in the moment. Sometimes that's all we have in life. When your parents died, how did you deal with not having a family? You were an only child. How did you deal with being alone? You aren't trying to therapize me. Wait, is that the right word? <laughs> we psychiatrists have plenty of funny terms to describe what we do. You should have heard some of the verbs we came up with in grad school. But use whatever words you feel are right. Emma, this is a date. I'm not your client. I just want to get to know you. That's not what your question is about. No, you're right. It's strange being on the other end like this. 
and this cheesecake. Four hours in the making, refrigerated overnight. It's so fucking good. Come on, hasn't a man ever baked you a cake before? No. No? I find that hard to believe. It's true. Do you feel alone? I... I have friends, a rich professional life. That's not what I mean. I bought this apartment a year ago, and I... Now, don't go all the problem that has no name on me. You don't have to impress me. We're well past that in our age of period panties and dating apps where women make the first move. I respect you. It's a simple question. Do you feel alone? I'm not. Believe me, I'm just... Taking this all in. I'm sorry if I touched a nerve. Emma, what's wrong? Is it work? I'd appreciate it if we could talk about something else now. Okay. Okay. Not a problem. You're a good man, Gordon. Haven't you felt this way before? Yes. No. I don't know what this is. I need time to know what this is. Let me ask you something. And you... Don't have to answer if it's too touchy. Okay. What's the longest relationship you've had? Six months. Six months. Really, you. And you're 39. You have this way of cutting through my bullshit. None of my therapy tricks seem to work on you. That's rare. I'm just a good listener. It's nothing special. There was a time in my life when I worked as a cabbie. And I guess some of the instincts took. But I'm sure you're a better listener than me. And I like being challenged. I want you to know that. Then let's see how I can challenge you after we wash the dishes. He called me today. Who? Antoine. He wasn't supposed to, not with a restraining order. I could call the cops and he could be arrested for talking with me. He's not supposed to contact me in any way. How long did you talk? An hour. Jenna, what were we talking about? You need your space. A space that doesn't involve Antoine. But I love him, Doctor. I can't help it. I see the good in him. He's lived a bad life. But you've lived a very rough life. What the fuck do you know? I'm sorry? You sit there and you think you have me pegged? And you're so certain. You think you know me because I've spilled some intimate secrets. But what do you know about me? What the fuck do you really know about life? Jenna, as your therapist... Do you even respect me? Or am I just another notch on your belt? What are you feeling? I'm feeling like I should punch you in the face. Don't worry. I won't. I'm sorry I said that. Jenna, I think that what happened to you is terrible and I care very much about you. Nobody should have to go through what you did. Nobody. I am here to listen. I am here to help. I'm... What's wrong? <sighs> Nothing. Our time is up. I'll see you next week. Hey, hey. Gordon! And I had a really great time last night, and I'm looking forward to tonight. Well, if it isn't Captain Marvel herself. 
What's wrong? Rough session? Jack, can you just fuck off for a minute? You know, I used to be like you. Not all that long ago. I'd go home to my wife and kids and I'd scream at them all night. I don't want to hear it. Sometimes you have to. How'd your date go? He's great, but it's... It's none of your business. Emma, you may view me as some smart-ass colleague, but I'm trying to be your friend. So I'm afraid it is my business. You're a damn good shrink, Emma. Too good. That's what worries the hell out of me. I told you that I could take care of myself. I'm sure you can. You tell yourself that in the beginning. The clients spill, you don't take enough vacations, and then you wake up the next morning and you're alone in bed. The woman you love has moved out and she's taken the kids. And that, that's when you feel a completely different kind of compassion. A compassion for what you're too fucking foolish to miss. A compassion for what might have happened if you had the guts to dial it down. Do you know what today is, Emma? What? The celebration of my dead marriage. It would have been our 12th anniversary if she stayed. That's something I'll never get back. But if anything close to what I had ever happens again, I can tell you this much. It's something I'll never lose again. Be good to yourself, Jack. Likewise. Emma, are you okay? I'm fine. You've been quiet. I'm just thinking about one of my patients. It's a weeknight. I'm sure you've had a long day. I know you can't talk about your work, but I have to ask. I don't want to talk about it. I'm here to listen. I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, but we've been going out for a month. I'm not going anywhere. Sooner or later, you're going to have to talk. I know that something's eating at you. Can you just leave me alone? Look, it's on you. But I can't just sit back in your bed when I see something tearing at you inside. Well, I have an answer for that. I need you to leave. Hey! I can't have you here. I know you need to decompress, but if I'm getting in the way of that, I'll leave. But I thought we were going to spend the night together. What am I to you? Do you even respect me? Am I just another notch on your belt? Emma, you know I don't see you that way. I like you very much. Where is this coming from? I was a fucking fool. Okay, you're angry. I get that. You have a really intense job and- I'm not angry, you condescending motherfucker! I'm sorry. Are you sure you don't want to talk? I thought this was going to be fun. This isn't fun. Emma, don't push me away. I think you're great. And if I'm saying anything that's making you uneasy, I'm sorry. I can be a bit blunt. But if you're going to be with someone, you have to be there. Even during the times when it's not always fun. That's part of the deal. Who the fuck are you? Don't speak to me like that! Okay? I'm going. Wait. No. I really don't need this. Can we talk? I tried that. I'm starting to see why nobody stuck around longer than six months. Don't do that. I've been very patient. But this... This isn't working for me. Gordon, wait! Don't... Antoine! Don't! Don't, Antoine! Don't! 
And there are some days when it's hard to leave the house. I hold myself up and it takes me two hours to get ready and I... Oh, fuck off. What? What? You've been sitting on that couch telling me all your fucking problems. It's been a year since Antoine left. Really? You're pathetic. You're weak and you're stupid. What are you? Some kind of sheep? You can't speak to me like that. You accuse me of not knowing you when you're telling me everything and I'm trying to help you? I'm trained to help you. I've been very nice to you. You're supposed to be a professional. Get out of my fucking office. I can't see you anymore. Doctor, what's wrong? You're wrong and you can't be helped. Get out! But I- Leave! (sighs) You know, you're not all that different from Antoine. You think you're tough, but you're living with a lot of pain. I don't know if it's your job or if it's something else, but you're right. It has been one year. And it's hard. One year of doubts and fears, wondering where I'll go or what I'll do. But I have a good life. Maybe it's quieter than yours. Maybe I spend more time with myself than I should. But sometimes... That's what we need to do to help other people. Jenna, wait. No, this isn't working for me. Doctor, I really do wish you well. Be good to yourself, okay? Antoine, why did you do it? Why did you make this woman's life so fucking miserable. And we're very sorry about what happened, Jenna. But I think you'll find that your treatment here at the Institute will be undisturbed in the future. Thank you, Doctor. See you next week. Yes? Your next patient is here. Good. Send her in. Have a seat. There's no reason to be nervous. This is perfectly normal therapy and I'm here to help. You don't have to be silent. The Institute is cutting you a special rate, and we're going to make sure we get to the root of the problem. Now, before we get started, do you have any questions? Yes. Are you still thinking about the espresso? I wish I could tell you no, Emma, but of course I am. That's how I do this. That's how we're going to help you. Okay. Compassion fatigue is nothing to be embarrassed about, Emma. It happens to the best of us. And I'm hoping that you'll be able to practice some of the meditation exercises we talked about. Now, when do you think this all started? When I was getting my PhD, I felt like I had to give it my all if I wanted to make it through the program. And I think this started when I was a girl. My father would tell me never to waste a minute, to give everything my best, to put all of my energies into helping other people. And so that's what I've been doing all my life. It's always come easy to me to give to others, to cheer people up. You've been listening to The Gray Area. Compassion Fatigue was written and directed by Edward Champion. Colette Thomas appeared as Emma. Devney Demacia appeared as Jenna. Jack Womack appeared as Jack. 
Michael Saldati appeared as Gordon, Zachary Michael appeared as the receptionist, and Albert Hassler appeared as the subway preacher. The music for this episode was composed by Thomas Ragsdale. Special thanks to Sasha Arnold, Austin Beach, Christopher Bird, Claudia Berenice Garza, Pam Getchell, Jen Halbert, Gabriela Jimenez, Argeria Cahagias, Pete Lutz, Lauren Nelson, John Osborne, Rena Patel, Mark Anthony Stein, That Podcast Girl, Tim Torre, Georgette Thompson, and Jack Ward, along with many others I may have inadvertently forgotten for their invaluable help, feedback, kindness, inspiration, and support during the production of this episode. I would also like to thank the psychiatrists and compassion fatigue experts who I spoke with on conditions of anonymity for their considerable assistance with the story. I really wanted to get it right, and they were tremendously helpful. If you like what you have heard, consider becoming a member of our Patreon account. You can go to grayareapod.com and click on the Patreon button. We're also on social media. We're on Instagram, Twitter, you name it, we are there. We'll be back in a few weeks with another episode of The Gray Area. Thank you for listening. Excited! It's beautiful! Marvelous! They say it's a dangerous journey. Where does it go? Somewhere else. Feed so you don't miss a day of your favorite shows. Subscribe to Mutual Audio tonight. Good night.